Genesis chapter 49, Genesis 49, we'll start at the very last verse of 49 and go into chapter 50. But as we look at this text tonight, we're going to look mainly at point number one, which is the passing of Jacob. We see, we're going to take a look at the, uh, the righteous one, which was uh, Joseph. He was the righteous one of God. Um, and he shows his righteousness here in this text, in Genesis chapter 49, and let's begin reading in verse number 33. Genesis 49 and verse number 33, the Bible says, And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. Verse number 1. And Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept. Upon him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his physicians to embalm his father. And the fish and the physicians embalmed Israel, which is Jacob. And forty days were fulfilled for him, for he for so are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him threescore and ten days. And when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, Say these words to Pharaoh. My father made me swear, saying, Lo, I die in my grave, which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan. There shalt thou bury me. Now therefore let me go up, I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. And Pharaoh said, Go up. And bury thy father according as, as he made thee swear. And Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of the house, and all the elders of the, of the land of Egypt, and all the house of Joseph, and his brethren, and his father's house, and only their little ones, and their flocks, and their herds, and they left the land of Goshen. And there went up with them, with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a it was it was a very great company. You'll see here in this text that we see that uh, when Jesus went, or when Jesus, when Joseph took uh, his father back to back to the land of Canaan, he took a huge group of people with him. Amen. Now, in the passing of jo of Jacob. Look at a couple different thoughts here on the passing of Jacob. One is uh, it's very interesting in Genesis chapter 47. Uh, Genesis chapter 47, Jacob, it tells us how old he was when he came to the land of Egypt. Uh, he came and Jacob lived in the, verse 28, and Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the whole age of Jacob was hundred and. 40, 40 and 7. So Jacob came to Egypt at the age of 130. He lived 17 years with Joseph. So now I know as we've talked about this before, but Jacob and Joseph got to spend 17 years of his, of, of his beginning of his life. And then God blessed him and gave him the last 17 years with his dad before he died. Now, isn't that interesting that God gave him 17 years at the beginning and 17 years at the end? So just as a way of comparison, look at these first 17 years versus the second 
17 years. The first 17 years brought joy. In Genesis chapter number 30, in Genesis chapter number 30, go all the way back to uh, the birth of Joseph. In chapter number 30, verse number 22, the Bible says, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb, and she conceived and bare a son. And God hath taken away my reproach. And, and she called his name Joseph. And the Lord shall add unto me another son. So at his first 17 years brought joy in Jacob's life because Rachel had been barren for many years. He loved Rachel more than he loved Leah. And so God giving him a son, he brought him great joy. Now, now during those 17 years, lots of joy took place. He, he, had a, he had a son. He blessed his son with all kinds of things. But then also... There was sorrow when his son left him. But also, when the last 17 years began, what was there? There was joy again because he was reunited with his son. Genesis 46, Genesis 46 and verse number 29, the Bible says, And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, in Goshen and presented himself unto him. And he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. He was excited. He had joy in his life because of his dad. So the first 17 years brought joy to uh, Jacob and, 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 the, and because of the barrenness of his wife. And then the last 17 years, the separation was broken and joy came again. Not only do we see that, but then we also see honor. Honor was given for the first 17 years. Jacob gave honor to Joseph. What did, what did Jacob give Joseph that he did not give any of the rest of his sons? He gave him a coat of many colors. He blessed him with that. He gave him the blessing of being basically in charge. Now, how in the world? We've talked about that before. He gave the youngest in charge, but he gave him honor. What happened in the second 17 years, or the last 17 years? Joseph was giving honor to his dad. So he got to reverse the roles he got to bless his dad. He got to honor his dad when his dad honored him the first 17 years. And then he got to honor his dad uh, with the last of the 17 years. Then, not only do we see that, we see the provision. Who provided for Joseph the first 17 years of his life? Who provided for Joseph? His dad did. His dad provided for him. His dad provided the, 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 all the stuff that he needed. But then, the last 17 years of his life... The last 17 years of Jacob's life, who provided for who? Jacob didn't provide for Joseph no more. Joseph provided for him every step of the way. So God allowed these years to take place so that Joseph could repay his dad for what he had given him. And then we also see there was a mourning that took place. There was joy, there was provision, there was honoring, and there was a mourning that took place um, when the first 17 years ended, who mourned? Jacob did. He mourned and wept and cried and, and uh, had a really rough time because he lost his son. He lost someone who was close to him, someone that he adored, someone that he loved, someone that he, uh, he appreciated, someone that uh, he thought maybe even could take up his spot as being uh, the leader of Israel. I mean, he mourned for him. Then you also see who mourned at the end of the second 17 years. Joseph did. Joseph did the mourning. 
Joseph was the one that was doing the mourning. So you look at this passing of Jacob, and to me it is very interesting that God gave him 17 and 17. Why? You know, God gave him those specifically for him to be able to spend time with his dad. And <clears throat> now, the other thing is, as well, is Jacob, or Joseph got set on the path of life within the first 17 years. Who Joseph became, who Joseph was, was developed in those first 17 years. The time that he spent with his son, Jacob, time that he spent with Joseph, the investment he spent, the prayer he spent, all those things that he did for his son in that first 17 years made him who he was. So who was Joseph? Joseph became the basically the leader of Egypt. Jacob, I mean Joseph went through prison and, and all and all the things that he went through and became a leader for God. But who made him that leader? Who set him on that path to be that man? Jacob. Now if you go back and look at Jacob Jacob's past, would you ever imagine him being the one that set his own son to be that type of person? Jacob was a conniving, lying type of guy. I mean, he did it to his brother. Now, he got repaid with that because of Rachel and Leah. He had to serve double the time that he should have served because of, he got connived. But he raised a son to be like Christ. And most people would say that he is a type of Christ because of the life that Joseph lived. But Jacob raised him that way in those first 17 years. Now, now as parents, you raise children. You know, you have an arrow, uh, like you, uh, when you shoot an arrow, the Bible talks about your quiver being full, a quiver. We have an arrow, we have one shot to shoot them, because they only have one life to live, and I only have one life. And uh, sometimes you, you have 16, you have 17, 18 years to, to where they're in your home. I lived at home till I was 20, I guess. Most, most kids are at 18 years old, they've got to get out of the house, you know. So a lot of times parents have 17, 18 years to raise their children to be that type of person. Joseph raised him, or Jacob raised him in those first 17 years to develop the way he was and to put him in a position where he would soar the right way. I don't know if there's wrong elements, right elements, but what elements do you think, if all of this is supposition when I ask this question, but what elements do you think were there to make him be that type of kid? Because at 17 years old, he's still a young man. He's still a teenager, what we would consider a teenager. But he gets thrown into a pit and rises to the top. What elements are there that makes him be like that? From Jacob. You know, comparing that the 17 years of age back then to, to now. Yeah. You can't tell a 17 He's going to do what he wants to do. Right. Well, and you just, 
back up what you just said. Um, he's 17 years old. Now is not a necessarily the uh, mental state that a 17 year old was back then because um, he was the leader of the family. He was the leader of the flock. Um, at 17 years old, many kids don't even know how to drive. You know, don't even know how to mow their yard. Don't even know how to, you know, take out the trash. You know, because or know how to mow, uh, make their own beds, type of thing. You know, and so it is. It is a complete difference. But Jacob set him on that path to make him who he was. That's what I'm supposed to say. He was very vulnerable at, at the age of 17 for him to be submissive to everything that happened after he was thrown in that, in that, in, in that pit. Yes. In that well, you know. Uh, it was sold. It was, uh, and then it put in prison and everything. Right. The circumstances that he was in could have changed anybody. Yeah. It didn't change him. Especially a 17-year-old kid. That's what I'm talking about. Especially, in my mind, especially a 17-year-old kid. It makes somebody very bitter. Yeah. I think it would make me very bitter against my well, family or whatever. Right. And against everybody. Well, I, I'm not asking you to share personal experience, but I know people well enough that I have fam not necessarily family, but I know people who are bitter about something that took place when they were kids. Yeah. And they still hang on to it to this day. Man, I was so upset because of what happened to me. You know. But he was he was set in that right position to not act that way. You know, I don't know if it comes from Jacob's experience when he was younger. He was, uh, man, I was wicked. I was wrong. And God blessed him. Uh, God made him the leader of the children of Israel. He had 12 sons. God blessed him that way. But why did God bless him? You know, why did God do that? But I, I feel like he had to show him, look, man, I messed up. I, when I was younger, man, I messed up with Esau. And, and uh, man, I, I stole things from him I shouldn't have stole. And uh, was able to teach his son how to, how to love God and how to, how to draw close to God and not be upset to not hold anger not hold bitterness towards someone who has hurt you. Yeah. And they the circumstances. Yes. No matter the circumstances. Yes. Yeah. Anybody else? Well, I think Jacob showed uh, Joseph love. Yeah. Discipline. And he, he, I think he tried to teach him not to be prideful because whenever he was telling about his dream and everything, he, he kind of discouraged him. Right. I think I think as well those those things are true. I think that he also taught him responsibility. You know, he gave him the flock basically. I mean, he told he told the youngest son, "Hey, go check on your older brothers." I mean, that's not normally something you would tell your seventeen-year-old kid to go go check on your older brothers. You know, uh, but God blessed him for that. You know, obedience. But, again, as I say this, and I know um, I'm raising my children, but I have, I just have a short period of time. I mean, these seven, 17, 18 years are going to pass by really quick, but I've got to raise them 
responsibility. Where they are gonna, they're gonna shoot. I gotta shoot. I got one strike. I can't change. I can't change anything once they leave my house. You know, love God, love them. You know those those types of things. Anybody else? You got any input back there? Okay. Uh, it's important. It's important. Because you know you can't go back and redo. Percentage out there, I can't remember the percentage, but there are there are more families that will get into church because the father leads the way rather than anyone else bringing them to church. You know, it's it's important. It's important to lead the way, and just as you said, um, I can't. I'm going to say, hey, don't do that, but they see me doing that. You know, that's um, hypocrisy, and that's just like living one life in church and another life. Outside of church, you know, that's that's completely right. But Jacob did something right to be able to set him on that path. Amen. And I believe that Jacob, Joseph wanted to honor him. Joseph wanted to have provide for him. Joseph mourned for him because of what Jacob did for him. And, um, amen. All right. And we'll read to you a text on Acts, Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20, the Bible says, let's see here, I want to read it to you rather than quoting it, 20 and verse number 35, the Bible says, and, and nope, I wrote down the wrong verse, I did, I'm on the wrong page, how about that, verse <laughs> I have showed you all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And Joseph was just giving back because of what he received and how important it is as Christians that we give because we have received. He gave his father all those things uh, on the passing of Joseph, but then also he gave him a memorial. You know, his dad was there in Egypt. This was, this was not a normal thing to take a body of a non-Egyptian and 
do all those ceremonies with them. To have the embalming, to have the mourning. It is said that in Egyptian uh, way of life that they would mourn a king. They would mourn a king 72 days once he died. He would mourn a king 72 days. Do you know how, do you know how many days they mourned Joseph, Jacob? 70. 70. 70. Yes, they embalmed him. Look in verse number uh, verse number 8, I think it is. Uh, nope. Hold on. I have it written down here. Verse number 3, I'm sorry. And 40 days were fulfilled for him. For so are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. They had to be embalmed for 40 days. I'm not for sure exactly why. And the Egyptians mourned for him three score and ten days. They mourned the death of Jacob for 70 days. The Egyptians didn't know who he was. The Egyptians didn't have any idea who Jacob was. But they knew that Joe, that man was important to Joseph. They embalmed him. And then they mourned for him for 70 days. And then they took him all the way back to his land, the land of Goshen, the land of Canaan, to bury him. And verse number 7, verse number 9 tells us how many people that they took with him to the memorial. And Joseph went up to bury his father, all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of the house, all the elders of the land of Egypt, and all the house of Joseph, and his brethren, and his father's house, and all the little ones, only their little ones, their flocks and their herds. Do you know how many people that is? That's a lot of people. Just to go to the memorial of Jacob. But, ja but Joseph wanted to make sure that he did right by his dad. Because his dad asked him to. He told his dad he would do it. He paid for it on the money side of things. Think about how expensive that was to do what he did in Egypt and to take his body and to take it back to the land of Canaan. Not only did he spend his money, he mourned for him, and then there was a huge multitude that went with him. Man, that in of itself, he just wanted to do right. He wanted to give back what was given Now, here's my thought, because that's the only point we're going to get to. Here's my thought, is what has God given to us, and how are we giving back what God has given to us? God has given us what? What has God given me? What has God given you? We could go on lists of things. He's given me a home. He's given me salvation. He's given me a wife. He's given me children. He's given me family. He's given me church. Church family. I mean, the list goes on, right? But what am I giving back to God? My time? My money? My talents? What am I giving back to God? You know, that's, this is where he says it's blessed to, it's blessed to give. It's, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do we owe more than we can pay? Oh, yeah. We do. But how can we repay? Service. Services. Service is one. That's right. And service and 
and engulfs a lot. It's not just one thing. Service is a bunch of things. You know, but it's it's important that we give. How stingy are we if we don't give back? I mean, you think about Joseph's situation. Joseph is second in charge of Egypt. He's probably well-to-do. He's got money. He has houses. He has whatever he wants, right? When we look at him and say um, his dad comes to town, would we say, man, he's, he's a bad guy if he doesn't take care of his dad? And his dad's poor and needs help. And I mean, we would look at him and say, man, why didn't you help your dad out? You had an opportunity. You had means. You had, you had money. You had all this kind of stuff, but you didn't help him out. We would, we would say, yeah, he's, man, what's wrong with that guy? Now, we look at ourselves and say, hey, I'm a Christian. What's God given me? What can I give back? I think the biggest thing, and I know that there's multiple things that we can give back. I think that one of the biggest things that you and I can give back to is the gospel. We've been given the, the best gift known to man. I love to give gifts. I, I enjoy to give gifts. I enjoy giving my children gifts. I, I like watching them open up gifts. They're, they're so expressive. I'm not an expressive person. Someone gives me a gift, I'm excited about it. Um, but I might not smile very big, and I might not um, shout or scream like my kids would. I'm not that type of person. But I like to give gifts to see other people's reaction. I love to see that. But God has given me the greatest gift of salvation. Would it not make sense that we could give that gift to somebody else? Because there are others that depend on it. Right? Any thoughts? Any questions? And don't you think too that we deserve it? I mean, God made us to fellowship with and how we deal with this God is really good. Yeah. I think we have faith in this God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because he's given to us, it would only make sense. I mean, it's just like when you guys. If you don't ever talk back to your wife, your wife's steady talking to you, but you just completely ignore her, how great is your relationship going to be? At some point, she's going to say, okay, I'm going to quit talking to him because he's not going to talk back to me. You know, God, I mean, I'm not saying that God is that way God will stop talking to us, but there's a point in God saying, hey, 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 talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. You've got to give back, talking, give back talking to God. That's right. That's good. It's good. Anybody else? No other thoughts? That's good. All right. Good. Well, you know, I, I mean, even myself, I think that there's more that I can give. There's more that I can give. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for tonight. I pray that you'll bless, that you have blessed our time together. I pray for those that are listening on, on live stream. I pray for those that are here. I pray for those that could not make it tonight. I pray that you help them encourage.